Bretto, two wellness base camps down, one to go. That's right, MP. After a sensational day in my hometown of Adelaide, the wellness base camp heads to Kayama on June the 2nd. Fuad Kassab, his sultry tones will be there. The gorgeous Helen Patteron. Maria Zushman, all about stress, the queen of stress. The incredibly handsome Marcus Pierce. Oh, Bretto, you're too kind. The hometown hero from Adelaide, the remarkable Dr. Brett Hill. <laughs> going to be a great day, MP. And the best part is when you register for Kayama now, not only do you get two tickets for the price of one, you also get our recordings from the Wellness Base Camp in Brisbane, valued at $97. Oh, wow, MP. Brisbane was a great lineup too. We had the Up For Chat girls, Cindy O'Meara, Kim Morrison, Karen Smith. It's a fantastic recording to chuck in. Eight presentations from Brisbane. Saturday, June 2 for Kayama at the incredible pavilion overlooking the ocean, Bredo. I don't want to sound biased, but it is the most remarkable venue that we've had for the Wellness Base Camp so far. Saturday, June 2, two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Hi, and welcome to a type of episode that I do every now and again called Ask the Naturopath. It's your opportunity to ask any health questions that you are dying to have answered, but maybe didn't know who to ask. If you want to ask a question for future episodes, make sure you join my Shiny Healthy You Facebook group. Then when the time comes to create one of these, I pop a thread in there asking for you to do your questions. And what I'll do is I'll pop a link in the show notes to that Facebook group, or just pop on Facebook now and search for shiny healthy you okie dokie let's get down to this week's questions so first up a listener who would rather remain anonymous asks i'm interested to know your thoughts on female hair loss is there anything diet or supplement wise to look into is there a point at which one should be concerned i'm 33 and seem to be pulling large handfuls of hair out every time i brush or wash my hair I haven't noticed any other changes and I'm just curious to know if it's just one of those things or whether it could be a sign of a deficiency. Yeah, this is a really interesting one because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening to this who are thinking, oh my God, that sounds a bit like me, but like we don't talk about it enough. So let's have a chat. There are lots of potential causes of hair loss in women. So I'm going to take you through a few. Obviously, there's always going to be lots of other options as well, but these are the most common ones. So the first is problems with the thyroid and usually if it's hair loss we're talking about hypothyroidism. That's where your thyroid becomes sluggish and it can result in all kinds of things like weight gain, dry skin, sluggish bowels, poor energy levels, sensitivity to cold weather, uh, even feelings of depression, all kinds of stuff. So if we suspect there's a problem with your thyroid, we can send you for blood testing to check the levels. So that's really easy to cover off. Now, there's a little bit of a difference between sometimes the tests for thyroid that a doctor might do and the tests that a naturopath might do. 
So I don't just send my patients for the standard TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone test. If I think they're hypothyroid, then I'll uh, often do a T3 and a T4 as well. Plus, sometimes I throw in a few extras like maybe your anti-thyroid antibodies, okay, because that looks for a condition called Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition that causes hypothyroidism. So, yeah, if you go to the GP uh, and you look to get something done just on Medicare, they will usually only do your TSH on Medicare. And then if the TSH, that's your thyroid stimulating hormone, remember, if that's out, then they'll do the other ones that I mentioned. So yeah, either way, like you can just get the TSH done first at the GP. um, And then if your TSH is out, the rest is covered, I think, by Medicare. Um, Or you can just go and do it as a one-stop shop at the naturopath and just get it done. But it does cost a little bit more. Okay, so that's one thing that we want to look for. Uh, So next up with female hair loss, we also look at nutrient deficiencies. So often uh, hair loss can be associated with low levels of minerals, most commonly iron and silica, but can also include things like calcium, magnesium, zinc, uh, other minerals needed for healthy hair growth. If this is the case, if you are deficient, you'll often see poor nail quality as well. So maybe your fingernails are cracked, broken, splitting, soft. Maybe they've got, you know, ridges or white spots on them. So if you suspect you may be low in certain nutrients, again, we can test for a couple of the standard ones quite easily. Um, There are blood tests available for things like iron and zinc. Um, And again, like if you go to a naturopath, they will have a look at your whole case. They'll ask questions about lots of different Uh, aspects of your health and that can help us to pinpoint which nutrients we need to give you as well in terms of supplements okay another one another reason for hair loss can be hormonal issues so sometimes the hair loss can be caused by an imbalance of testosterone in the body yeah even women have testosterone okay just maybe not in the same quantities as men Um, and so sometimes we have a problem converting this testosterone to other hormones uh, and this sort of hair loss so when it results in hair loss it can be sometimes referred to as androgenic or androgenetic alopecia In these cases, the hair loss will look a bit more like male pattern baldness, you know, with the hair thinning on the top of the head or around the hairline. If we suspect that this is the cause of your hair loss, we may send you for a test to check your hormone levels. Also, a common condition in women called PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome can also cause this pattern of hair loss. Coincidentally, we talked about PCOS in depth in just the last episode of Shiny Healthy You. So if you're concerned about PCOS or you want to know more, download the previous episode uh, to learn more about the signs, the symptoms, and then how to get it diagnosed and treated if you've got the condition. Okay. Also, all right, so I did say there are lots of lots of potential reasons for hair loss, didn't I? So also there's a condition known as alopecia areata. Now, it's less common, but you can still get checked out for it at the GP or the naturopath. Uh, in this type of alopecia, the hair usually comes out in patches, so it's actually quite easy to pick out because you get these little bald spots, usually around the size of a 10 or 20 cent coin. Now, this type of hair loss is autoimmune. So if you have it, a naturopath would most likely take you through an autoimmune protocol, which would involve healing the gut, 
removing foods that you may be intolerant or sensitive to, giving you supplements to dampen down the immune response uh, or to regulate the immune system. And also they would address other factors that contribute to autoimmune disease. And the biggest one I can think of off the top of my head is stress. And a lot of people who have this particular type of of alopecia will tell you that it started or they first notice it after a stressful episode in their lives. Excuse me. So as you can see, there are lots of potential reasons for female hair loss. So we've touched on a few today. These are the most common ones. Uh, but this is, look, this is why it's best to get it diagnosed first by a professional and, you know, possibly even just pop down to your GP because once we know what we're dealing with, it's a lot easier to take the right course of action to fix it. The course of action for each of these reasons we've discussed today varies quite a lot. So it's always wise to do the further investigation first so that we know exactly what we're dealing with. Okay, so the next question that I'm going to answer today is from Andrea and she wrote to me and wants to know what to do about vitiligo. Aha, so (laughs) we've got a bit of a hair and scalp theme going on today, haven't we? So first of all, what is vitiligo? All right, vitiligo is a condition that causes the skin to lose its pigment when the immune system attacks the cells that make the melanin, that's the pigment, in the skin. So vitiligo often starts off as small white patches that don't tan and then they gradually increase and then they spread. Vitiligo can affect both the face and the body and unfortunately it can be really distressing for the person who has it uh, and they can become very self-conscious especially when these patches start to appear on the face. Although there are other causes sometimes tossed around for this uh, particular issue, like maybe thyroid disease, nutrient deficiencies, I've even heard of people talking about chemical exposure being the trigger. The usual reason given for vitiligo, though, is that it's an autoimmune disease. So see, we've got a bit of a pattern going on today, haven't we? All right, how to address vitiligo. Here we go. Conventional medicine doesn't offer a whole lot in terms of stopping the progression of the pigment lost. Uh, It can be a bit hit and miss. Look, there are creams, there's light therapy. Um, I've heard of them doing permanent depigmentation treatments of the healthy skin around the patches. So that brings the overall skin down to the same shade. So rather than trying to make the white patches darker, now they're trying to make, make the darker areas whiter. But look, some of these come with side effects, these, um, these treatments, and these side effects can actually be a bit gnarly. So things like uh, the skin becoming a lot thinner or increased susceptibility to skin cancer. So there are some pretty big decisions that need to be made around treatment if you've got this condition. Now, as with any autoimmune disease, the naturopathic way to to address vitiligo begins in, wait for it, (laughs) it's the gut. Of course it is. I'm always banging on about the same stuff, aren't I? (laughs) Often a naturopath will put you through what's what's referred to as the weed, seed and feed protocol. Okay, so this protocol, and we would do this for, you know, any autoimmune issue usually. Uh, So again, if it was the alopecia we were talking about earlier, this may apply here as well. Um, Okay, so weed, seed and feed. All right, so first of all, we weed out any pathogens. So 
depending on your gut, whether you've got any symptoms there. We might send you for stool testing. Yes, that's a classy way of saying a poo test to see if you've got a parasite or a bacteria lurking in there that's causing you havoc. We also identify any possible food allergies or intolerances and we remove those foods from the diet to give your gut the space and the opportunity to heal. We also go in and heal that pesky old leaky gut with supplements and herbs that help to tighten the gaps in that lining of the gut. This is usually where I give supplements like glutamine. We might also give supplements that have an anti-inflammatory effect on the lining of the gut, especially if the digestion needs to be soothed. And we will give prebiotics to prepare the gut to be repopulated by the good guys. So then we re-inoculate the gut with the right bacteria. So that's where we're talking about probiotics. These, you know, this can also be determined by a naturopath. So there's different probiotics for different purposes. And if we go back to that stool test, uh, a lot of the stool tests that we now do also tell you what the balance of good bacteria are in the gut as well as looking for the bad guys. So when I do a CDSA level two stool test with my clients, it looks at your bifidobacteria, your lactobacilli, et cetera. So that helps us know which supplements to give when we're repopulating the gut as well. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, So also we might look at immune modulating herbs to dampen down the autoimmune response. And we also need to make sure you're topped up with nutrients that help promote healthy skin. So especially ones where deficiencies might have been associated with vitiligo. So when it comes to vitiligo, I've looked at things like zinc, B12, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C, and folate. And just going back, vitamin D, side note, very important in autoimmunity. There's a lot of links coming out now in studies between low vitamin D levels and an increase in autoimmune diseases. So that's one to look out for in studies coming out in the future. Look, you can also run tests for some of these things. You can do zinc testing, B12 testing, vitamin D testing, folate testing. So if you're the kind of person who would rather see it on paper, you can go down that path as well. As with any autoimmune condition, I really would advise working with a naturopath or an integrative GP or someone who knows what they're doing on this one since, you know, look, all autoimmune issues are quite complex and it can be a really difficult thing for you to sort out on your own. So it's really good to have another set of eyes on this. All right. Now, okay, changing tack a little bit. I've also had a couple of people ask me over the last week about inflammation. So what causes it, how to prevent it, and how to address it if you already have it. All right. Inflammation is a really complex issue. So it doesn't matter what sort of inflammation, like a lot of it, it boils down to, you know, the same stuff, but there can be many factors that cause inflammation or that exacerbate it. And it's pretty common that people will have more than one of these causes going on at once. So sometimes we get stuck in looking for the one thing that's causing our inflammation, but it could be many things or it could be a few things. So yeah, so let's have a chat about what these things might be. So some of them. Now, look, these factors include but are not limited to because there's so many. All right, but we'll go through a few. Food allergies and intolerances, stress high cortisol levels, which comes from the stress, heavy metal toxicity, MTHFR gene variants or SNPs as sometimes we call them, methylation issues, pyrrole disorder, autoimmune diseases. Gee, that one is coming up a lot today, isn't it? 
structural damage. So inflammation could be caused by, say, even an injury or osteoarthritis, so wearing away of joints. Uh, it could be due to an acid-forming diet. And an acid-forming diet is usually it's just a term used for when someone's having, say, too much meat, too much dairy, too many processed foods, junk foods, alcohol or sugar. They're the big guns. Uh, inflammation can also be caused by digestive issues and gut bugs. So we're back to that again. We're back to the gut again. <laughs> um, so again, we might be looking for things like parasites or bacterial infections. We also need to look at possible nutrient deficiencies and even things like medication side effects. So that's why it's really important to, as a naturopath, to take a really good medical history and make sure we know what medication the person's on as well. So, and that's just a few. So there's so many and I could keep going all day, but I think you get the gist. So the job of your practitioner is to ask a lot of questions and take a very thorough case history and family history. This gives us clues on where to look amongst all those possible causes because, you know, we can't test for everything. You'd, you'd go broke and you'd be there all day, okay? So we might also send you for specific tests. Once we've taken the case and, and boiled it down a little bit, we might say, all right, we'll test your autoimmune markers. We might do a methylation profile. We might look at homocysteine, histamine, specific nutrients, whether they're deficient, cortisol, like I said, that's a stress hormone, uh, heavy metals even, or we might do stool testing again to look at what's going on in that gut. <laughs> so again, a skilled practitioner will be able to take your case and then narrow it all down so that you get the right test done so you're just not throwing money around willy-nilly. So in general, let's talk about how to prevent inflammation. And first up, there's diet, of course. <laughs> We need to correct that acid-alkaline balance. So removing the processed foods, the caffeine, the alcohol, sorry, gets worse, the dairy, the refined sugars, a lot of the red meat, and then we often reduce the grains as well and we make sure you're only having a small amount of whole grains that are gluten-free. If that doesn't work, we might also go look at going, say, paleo, or if you've got an autoimmune problem that's causing your inflammation, we might go autoimmune paleo. Uh, but, yeah, the first thing is to remove those, those big guns and then we swing the balance towards the alkaline by adding lots of green veggies, veggie juices, salads, cruciferous veggies, and maybe some apple cider vinegar or lemon juice and tons of water, tons of water. <laughs> so then we may also look at supplements that help to bring down the inflammation. A few really common ones that come to mind are fish oils, uh, curcumin, aka turmeric, or maybe some other anti-inflammatory herbs. If the problem is coming from an issue with methylation or elevated histamine levels in the body, there may be some specific tweaking that we will need to do around that as well. Or if the problem lies in the gut, we would use herbs and supplements that clear out those pathogens, then we heal the gut and then we restore the good bacteria, that same weed seed feed protocol that I discussed earlier. Remember, chances are there is more than one thing driving your inflammation. So don't be looking for just one thing, okay? We might be looking for several and they might all be working together to cause your problem. So the process is to, to clear out the inflammation, that, that process is to be patient <laughs> and to look for more than one cause, okay? So yeah, it can take time, but if you want to get straight, started straight away and you want to do something straight away, 
the best first step you can do is clean up and alkalize that diet. You really can't go too wrong there. Okay, I've got another question. This is another anonymous one. And this person asked how to fix bad breath and tonsil stones. Yeah, that's a bit of a curly one. We do see this a fair bit in practice, actually. Now, tonsil stones are small little calcified particles that get lodged in the little crevices in your tonsils. So you can often see them with the naked eye if you open your mouth wide and you look in the mirror, or if you really want to torture yourself, just Google images tonsil stones, okay? You'll be, it's frightening, but yeah. Anyway, if you like looking at gross things, do that. (laughs) So those tonsil stones, like you can sometimes even feel them. Uh, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people will say they get a bit of discomfort where the stones are. And some people report a feeling of something being wedged in their tonsils. So these stones themselves are a combination of dead cells, mucus, and bacteria that has gone hard. And they're often formed when the tonsils are producing too much mucus, so more than they should be. It's the bacteria in these trap stones that give them the funky smell that uh, is referred to as the bad breath. Now, anytime I I see either tonsillitis, tonsil stones, or pretty much any overproduction of mucus, especially in that sort of upper respiratory, ear, nose, throat region, I immediately think of there being a burden on the lymphatic and the immune systems, and we need to find out the cause. So, These kinds of health issues and this overproduction of mucus, they tend to pop up more when people are run down and not eating well. And you'll hear this all the time, like, you know, people who have been run down or maybe they're working too hard or studying too hard, then they get a bout of tonsillitis or they get the tonsil stones, okay? Uh, So it really doesn't take that much of a stretch to realize that boosting the immune system and eating better are the key to recovery, Yeah. Naturopaths will usually tell you that most issues with tonsils are directly related to either food allergies or food intolerances. So if you find that you have a recurring problem with this coming back, you might want to go to a naturopath or an integrative GP to see about getting food sensitivity testing. Or you might just want to try cutting out the usual suspects like gluten and dairy. Personally, in my practice, I've seen a lot of connections between tonsil issues mucus congestion, and dairy issues, okay? I'm just saying that's what I've seen in my practice. Often I take away the dairy from the patient and magically their symptoms get better. But if you'd like to figure it out in a more scientific way rather than just eliminating foods here and there from the diet, then, yeah, we've got pathology testing for that now too. Again, we also need to bolster the immune system. And you guessed it, we have herbs and supplements for that. So I often look to herbs that cover the lymphatic system so they help to drain the lymphatic system like echinacea and then I combine that with immune boosters and other uh, herbs that have an antibacterial property. This is a good time to look at liquid herb mixes actually. I, I do a lot of tablets in my practice now but I used to do a lot of liquid herbs and there's a part of me that still really loves them and they're great in this situation because you can gargle them on the way down for that added antibacterial effect. So, yeah, see you later, bad breath. Uh, I also look at nutrients that support the immune system and in tonsil cases I usually look towards things like vitamin C, zinc and probiotics just to name like my top three. Now, 
With this one, you might be able to get started by visiting your local health food shop. You might not need a like a super long appointment with a naturopath. Just, you know, if you've got a local health food shop that does liquid herb mixes, like happy days, go down there, have a chat with the naturopath on duty and ask whether it might be appropriate for you to take some liquid herbs. But if you need to do further digging for things like food intolerances, then a sit down appointment with a naturopath might be a better option. Okay, so we've covered quite a lot of terrain today, which is so awesome. I hope this information helps you and I hope it inspires you to look towards natural remedies and natural solutions to heal your body. Now, just a reminder, I have a website full of awesome resources to help you become the healthiest version of yourself. I have a free download there to help you with adrenal fatigue. And also this week, enrollments are open for my program, which is called Love Your Adrenals. It's a seven-day course to get you back on track to having more energy through eating well and reducing stress. In this program, you receive seven days worth of recipes plus a few bonuses, a meal plan, shopping list, daily emails with simple stress-busting tips and self-care exercises, plus I'll be doing a Facebook Live Q&A in my Shiny Healthy You group as part of the program. So Love Your Adrenals starts on Monday, April 23rd and doors close with the cart on Sunday the 22nd of April at midnight. So you've got till this Sunday to grab your spot. If you'd like to know more, jump on my website right now at julesgalloway.com and follow the links to Love Your Adrenals. But hurry because I'm not running another round till spring, so jump on board now. Okay. That's all from me. I'll see you in a fortnight with another awesome episode where we will be delving deep into the world of natural health. Till next time, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.